I would describe Game Life Balance US as good college radio. Good college radio? Yeah, good college radio. But we're not in... Co- you I hang like out- hanging out with college students. Now you see. Oh, so you listen to college. You broadcast college radio still. I do not broadcast college radio still, but I like broadcasting college students, if you know what I mean. I don't, Wink. I'm winking at you. I don't is, know if you can see that. What is bro- Something is horribly wrong with your eye. What is broadcasting a euphemism for? Well, it, the, I mean, in this specific instance or in general? In this specific instance. Uh, you know, it's hard to say, hey, hey, what? it looks like we're live. Welcome to Game Life Balance US, the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. We're a lifestyle podcast hosted by adult gamers trying to juggle our hobbies with the increasing demands of the real world. Check out our website for links to connect with us on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and more at gamelifebalance.us. And if you like what you hear, then please leave us a review. I'm Jeannie from Tyria's Landing, a podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. Here we go! I'm a host, Cody Goff. I'm the other host, uh, Jonathan Martin, of this, our podcast. Yeah. Another episode of Game Life Balance US, the US edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Yeah, we're going to balance both life and games. Well, not so much games. We're not talking about games this week. Yeah, I don't think we are talking much about games unless you did something other than play Metal Gear Solid Five, which you've been doing for roughly, I think you're at about 300 hours now, is that... 251 hours. I did play this. Uh, I turned it on this morning to start developing a nuclear weapon. Okay. As we discussed, I need two more achievements on Steam. One involves developing a nuke. One involves, I think, disposing of a nuke. So as soon as it's done developing tomorrow morning, I'm going to dispose of it. And then I'm done. That sounds very wasteful. It sounds, like you, it sounds like you had a lot of resources. You used them to create something. And then you're literally just throwing it in the trash can. That actually sounds incredibly wasteful. I think you should I think use that, that nuke. No, 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 I think I you think, should use the nuke. But developing a nuke and 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 disarming a nuke, right? Are I think it shows a character arc in right in my internal monologue. I think it's really indicative of the wastefulness of Americans. I think it actually perfectly encapsulates the wasteful culture that we have here in America. You're just like I'm going to make this nuke. I'm just going to Take all of this money, all these resources. I'm just going to make this nuke. And then rest of the world? Yeah, I'm sorry. You don't have enough food for your family? That's too bad. I'm going to disarm this nuke that I just made with right. all this money. Right. And food. And I just made it with a bunch of food. I made, it's, it's a food nuke. And I'm going to a discard fook. all that food. Yep. It's a fook. Not to be confused with Farouk, who is the first African-American WWE champion. I thought you were going to say our first African-American president. And I was going to say that is not his name. And actually, it may have been Ahmed Johnson. I can't remember who the first uh, who the first Black World Wrestling Federation champion was. This is certainly not a conversation that I can help you with. <laughs> Wait, I thought this was the wrestling podcast that we've been, that you keep talking about wanting to do. Thank God it's not. Oh, well, that's too bad. Well, this episode, you have a lot, a lot of stuff went on in your life, so I'm just going to let you host 
and I'm just going to sit here and drink water, look good. Mostly just drink water, though, right? So we talked about, I think about three-ish weeks ago, we talked about me training for a 5K, and that actually just happened. And if you were to call a segment that... I would call it 5K. Is that a segment name? Hang on, let me check. So on our list of segment names, it's... I'm sorry, this is probably an oddity. No, it's not one of the oddities. Okay, is it something I'm, I'm hype for this? Hype? You're, no, it already happened. You're getting closer. Okay. It's, prob- it's probably live stuff, isn't it? Yeah, but if you were to say it in I a would way pro- that I would, was... I would say it like li- life stuff. Was that sufficiently uh, energized? Nah, yeah, yes, this, that was sufficient. No, I, I gotta admit it. It gets me a little, uh, gets me a little randy when you speak that close. <laughs> to you, the I'm sure you can fix it in post. So I, it's not it's something I need to fix. It's perfect the way it is. Perfect, I love it. It's perfect. wonderful. So I, I did it. I, I ran the 5K, and let me, let me tell you the lead up to it. So, you know, I had talked. I, I think it was probably three weeks ago. Is that about right? It was three or four weeks ago. That I had, well, I can I can literally see on our topic sheet. Yeah, actually. that I had that I had talked about it, and I and I had talked about how I had never really run before, how fitness was kind of a, a challenge for me, and this training for the five k for a virgin runner like myself who had never really run before is an eight week training cycle, <clears throat> and I had gone through all eight weeks, and at the end of the eight weeks, I had about two and a half weeks left before the five k, and I was running about three miles three days a week at the end. Because that's basically the, the, final, the, the final part of the training is just go out and run three miles and then be done and, and do that every once in a while until you're 5K just to make sure that you stay in shape. So That was your final form. Yeah, and it was all great. It was going really well. I was, and I'm, I'm actually, I'm really enjoying the running part. It's, it's really, I really like it a lot. I really do. So... I ran one day and I got back and I, I, I felt kind of like a tightness and some pain as I was walking in my groin on the left hand side, and uh, it hurt. And I hadn't had that pain before when I had run, so I got a little worried pretty much immediately. And the next day, it wasn't any better, which is also unusual because I had gotten sore in my legs before. I think as most runners do, but I had never gotten sore and then had it not kind of get better so it hurt just as bad the next day if not maybe a little bit worse because it was a little bit more stiff and I said to myself well I'm I'm about two and a half weeks out I think I'm just going to stop running for a week I'm just going to take a whole week off and then I'm going to jump back in next week and try to kind of do the same thing well I went a week and it started to get a little better but it still hurt pretty much every time I stepped with my left foot. It was it was pretty bad. So the following Tuesday rolled around, which is like the start of my exercise week, because that was the day that I started the training with this app. So Tuesday rolled around, and it's like, okay, I'm going to try this again. I actually felt pretty good. Um, and so I went out that morning, and I ran, and I actually ran faster than I had I had ever run before. But the entire time that I was running... I was feeling this tightness in my groin and I everything everything that I that I've been reading up until this point 
of me doing this has said, like, listen to your body. If you're in pain, stop doing what you're doing. So I really should have stopped, you know, in the first 10 minutes of me running and realizing that, oh, I'm in a little pain. But stupid me, not ever running before and not listening to myself, decided I was just going to finish up. I was just going to finish up this three miles that I had planned on running. And by the end, I was in a legitimate amount of pain in my leg. So I got done with that. And I said to myself, I, you know, and I'm a week and a half out because it's not the upcoming Saturday of that week of Tuesday, but the following Saturday. So it's like 13 so I, or like 10 days out? About 11, 10 or 11 okay. days. Yeah, it was actually on Sunday. So I I said, all right, I, I'm going to have to stop. Like, I'm going to have to just not run because it's it's real bad. And for the next week and a half, up until probably Friday, it legitimately felt like it did not get any better at all. And I was like taking ibuprofen. I was stretching it multiple times a day, staying off it. The only thing that I did was I have a recumbent bicycle downstairs in my basement. We've talked about it before, actually, on this podcast. And I used that to I used that to kind of keep my heart rate going because I wanted to make sure that I was still prepared for the 5k and that actually didn't hurt when I was using it but every other time that I was just walking and walking up and downstairs that kind of thing it it hurt pretty bad so the morning of the 5k rolls around and we head down to where it's going to start and I'm feeling okay I've taken like a week and a half off I took a couple of ibuprofen prophylactically ahead of time just to make sure that I wasn't in pain. And we were running around this lake that I had never run around before. It's basically exactly five five uh, kilometers all the way around one time. And because it's a... I mean, you've run before. You ran cross country. We talked about that. If it's a course that you don't know, you don't necessarily maybe know how to pace yourself for it. Yeah. So... We're getting the lowdown from the guy that's that's running the 5K, and he tells us, you know, oh, there's two hills on the course. There's they're they're decent sized hills. You know, one is at the 1.5 mile mile mark, and one is at like the three mile mark, basically right before you finish the race, which is a wonderful time for a hill. Let me tell you. Oh, it's great. Yeah. So the race the race starts. I I'm running and I feel great, and I get to the first hill, and it is the steepest hill that I have probably ever walked up let alone tried to run up and I said to myself before the race started I said I like unless I get hurt I am going to run the entire time so I get to this hill and I said I'm going to do this I'm going to run up this stupid hill and I did I ran the entire way up the hill it was awful it was it was the hardest Thing that I have ever done in terms of like running, it was insane. I can't, I can't even describe to you how steep this hill was. So we got up to the top. You know, me, I got up to the top of it, and from that point on, so this is just a little over halfway into the race. From the, from that point on, I was my legs were just killing me. Like my legs were far more tired than my heart was. And every other time that I've run, it's my heart that gives out first. It's, it's, I, my heart rate gets too high basically. And that gives out first. And that's what makes me slow down. I was totally fine. Cardio was totally fine. It was all my legs that just sucked. And we got to the end of the race and you know, you're, you're three miles in 
and there's that second hill, the second hill of the race, and it's not nearly as steep. But when you're all when you're already tired and getting to that hill, it was it was pretty brutal. But I I ran the whole time. I finished the race. I finished in you know I had a I had like a kind of a self goal that I had for myself. I wasn't going to be mad if I didn't hit it, but I did. You know my my own personal goal was just trying to beat ten minute miles, and I did. So. I was really excited about that for somebody who's never run before. That's awesome. And yeah, congratulations. And like, that's a big thanks. deal. Yeah. And it was, I, it was fun. And, you know, like, it's a running is a, and not just running, but other events, you know, big bike marathons or whatever. They're so cool. And I'm sure you experienced this as a, somebody who raced, but like everybody is so supportive during the event. It, it, it doesn't feel like, Granted, you were in a competitive version of the sport, but, you know, like people are like random people are cheering for anybody that finishes the race. Yeah. I know it's just a 5K. I know it's just a small thing, but it's just it's a cool it's like a cool atmosphere. It's a cool kind of communal type activity that gets done. Generally, they're for good causes. This was for a this was for a it's a charity that that provide scholarships to college students. So that's what they were raising money for. I mean, it was for that, but pretty much all of the marathons and all of the half marathons and all the five K's that you sign up for have to pay for all of that typically goes to some sort of charity, good cause. It's all, it's all cool. It's cool stuff. It really is. And I was just kind of blown away by the support of everybody that was, that was there. And I was, it was awesome. And the funniest part of the whole thing is that the winner of the race ran it in just over 19 minutes so that's what about six minute six minute miles ish a little over six minute uh, I'm miles i'm not good at converting kilometers to it's yeah. like 3.2 miles right it's 3.2 miles it's a it was a little over six um six minute miles yeah, yeah. which i sounds really good also he was pushing a stroller he had his kid with him oh he was one of those yeah so not only did he have the best time he his his kid actually won the race because really the stroller was in front of him. Wow! And crossed the finish line first. Yeah, so that's kind of super impressive. I'm I'm I was kind of blown away by by that. It was kind of ridiculous. The ones the so. ones that are really good are always so disgustingly good. I remember the fastest kid in the the cross country conference that we ran in. The fastest kid would always finish first by a minute or something, and then immediately he would just keep running run back half like double back halfway back the course to cheer on his teammates it's just like okay what a jerk yeah it's, you know we'd see him like no one's saying congratulations or patting him on the back because he's still running and right yeah they're freaks but good for them yeah of course yeah yeah seriously good for him it was it was great and i was super proud that i finished I was a little worried because the following day, which would have been yesterday, uh, Monday, we're recording on a Tuesday. Yesterday, I was in quite a bit of pain, including my groin again. So I wasn't sure if it had like fully healed. But I woke up today and I was I've been walking around and it's been totally fine. So I think I was just I think it had been so long since I'd run because it had been a week and a half that I was just sore. I was just legitimately sore after the five. Yeah, yeah, and it was the lo- it was the longest distance that I'd ever run too, and it had two giant hills that probably used muscles in a way that I typically don't use them when I run either. So like that combination of things just ended up making my legs sore, and thankfully it's not 
it wasn't like I was I was legitimately afraid I kind of had a torn muscle in my in my groin because it didn't feel like it was getting any better for a long time. Yeah, I I hate stuff like that, and I've I've totally been there. And in high school, you know, I was not, yeah. Did you have any injuries when you were running like a a decent amount? Well, I never had injuries like that, but I would have something similar where a part of my my legs or a part of my body would be in a substantially higher amount of pain than the rest of my body, but I would just keep running. And you were definitely not the first person in the history of training to to feel something and feel like maybe I shouldn't keep going. Oh, wait, I'm going to do it anyway. Oh, wait, I'm going to do it anyway. And then it just leads to more complications for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know about you, but I was, you know, I had, especially immediately following the days immediately following when I when I think I hurt it the worst, you know, my leg was in a significant amount of pain. I was just in a terrible mood. And I don't know if, like, you had the, a similar feeling, but I don't know how people with legitimately chronic pain can deal with it. Because I just hurt for a couple of days. And again, I was in a pretty foul mood the whole time. Yeah, I don't... No one likes being in pain. Yeah. So that was that was pretty terrible, but it's done. It's over. I'm gonna do more. Um, I think, kind of for sure. I really kind of want to train for a 10k next. I think that'd be really fun. That's awesome. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I just I need to, I need to kind of figure out if I can run again on like a normal basis. So I'm probably gonna try to go out again on Thursday. It'll be the first time I ran since the 5k a couple two days ago, and see if it's gonna hurt anything when I go out. But yeah, I'm pretty. Ex- I'm actually. I'm actually excited for it. Like, I'm looking forward to getting outside and running, which is cool because generally I've never really been excited to exercise. It has not been, it has always been something I've had to force myself to do, not something that I've wanted to do. Um, yeah, I, I think it's so cool. The, like, I really think it's awesome you did it. I think it's, that's, it's, it's uh, inspirational and makes me feel extremely lazy because I have barely exercised in months at this point. It's really bad. Like, it's getting really bad. The winters in the Midwest, I think, are a big part of it, to be honest. I think most people up here put on 10 to 15 pounds over the wintertime, and it's just something that happens because it's really cold. It gets really cold here. Yeah, and I mean, I, I did after... Well, I, I, have, I have a mini story that's kind of related to yours, but Sunday I wanted to run. I ended up not having had time. Why didn't I run? Oh, I didn't have running shoes. My running shoes are at the gym at work. So it's Sunday morning, and I'm sitting here, and I go, I really want to run. The only shoes I had are my hiking boots. Can't really run in those. Yeah, Probably no, shouldn't run in those. So that, and that's what stopped me from running, which was super annoying and a dumb, a dumb reason. I don't even have tennis shoes right now. Mine literally fell apart in Colorado. That's why I got the hiking boots. So I tossed them. So I don't even have tennis, like walking tennis shoes to run in, uh, which is very annoying so but you're right it's it's you know i i enjoy my share of yoga and i do enjoy lifting from time to time but i feel like cardio is so important when you get older i i also think that the thing that i the thing that i really one of the things i really like about running as well is that you can do it anywhere so you could just decide i want to go run today and you you as somebody who probably has a harder time being able to get to a facility to exercise than most because you don't have transportation, you live in a big city. You know, 
you could just literally walk out the front door of your apartment complex and you could start running. Yeah, no, I could, when I'm visiting and you this weekend, I could wake up early and go for a run and then come play board absolu- games all day. Absolutely. I mean, like, it's just, that is something I really like about it as well, that you can just go out and do it and then it's done. It, it, doesn't, take, it doesn't take a lot of preparation at all. Yeah, except stretching. Got to stretch. You do have to stretch. A lot of stretching. Yeah, my I was also very proud of my sister this weekend because she ran the Tough Mudder in Chicago. Do you know anything about that? Is that the 5K where they have obstacles set up? It's actually 11 miles. Oh, it's the 11 mile one. Okay, your sister ran 11 miles. I know. Well, that's impressive. To be fair, I mean, she, it's not that it's not that I'm surprised or anything. It's just impressive that she ran she 11 miles. She did not run 11 miles. <laughs> <laughs> Much of it was walked. She said the, the cardio is kind of the hardest part. So it was there was some jogging and walking interspersed. Uh, she was not able to run the whole thing, but they were able to surmount all the obstacles, and they made it. I mean, it took them four hours to do. Yeah. So that's a long time. You know, that's a twenty-minute mile. And granted, they're doing eleven, but uh, still. So, and they're also and they're also doing obstacles, right? Isn't that the whole thing about a tough mutter? Is you you have things you're climbing over and things that you're crawling through. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the very first obstacle, I guess, is there's a net, a really tight net over the ground, and you have to crawl under it. And there's you just get completely covered in mud, you know, a mile into the course or whatever. So it was still, believe me, it was still very physically challenging i mean for sure I, i'm i'm there watching with my camera at the five mile marker so they've walked slash jogged five miles and done several obstacles and then they have to pull themselves over basically a giant ladder but the rungs are f- four feet apart from each other so you know they're they're pulling themselves over things and pulling themselves over mud slicks and then there's there's one quote-unquote obstacle where they're about there's just a man with a baseball just bat. Together, He's just yeah. swinging it at your face. Just it's a weird obstacle. Yeah, there's one where it's about 15 feet in the air, and they they grab uh, they they grab a handle basically and just swing down. But you don't swing onto anything. You just swing. You can at the uh, at the other end of the pendulum, I guess. When you swing in this arc, you can let go and try to hit a cowbell, and it's this. It's a Achievement unlocked, I guess. Oh, you hit the. It's worth fifty. No, it's worth fifty. You get fifty, 50 points, points for Gryffindor. Fifty points for Gryffindor, right? Uh, or you can just. But but then once you hit or whatever you do at the end of you just drop into water. There's just a pool of water, so you just swing into this giant pool of water. And there's there's one point where they just fill a, a swimming pool with ice cubes, and you have to wade through that or swim through it or whatever. Running and walking with super wet socks sounds awful. Do they have you change your socks or anything? Oh, God, no. They were soaked the entire time. Oh, I saw them completely submerged several times. Yeah, it, yeah, I know. I know. That sounds awful. Yeah, yeah. But I was watching, and of course, who does it? My sister, my cousin, my girlfriend, and Blake, our friend, did it. So four people that I spend most, a lot of my time with socially... And all of them doing this team effort kind of physical thing. And then the next morning I'm waking up unable to run because I have hiking boots. And I see your tweets about running a 5K. I'm surrounded by all these people that are outside being energetic and active and moving a lot and having a good time. And now I feel like maybe 
I should stop just sitting around eating Doritos and Taco Bell, smoking weed all the time. And what else do I do? Eat pizzas uh, by the dozen. I order a dozen pizzas. You order a dozen pizzas. That's it's way it's way too yeah, many. Yeah, bags of Doritos. What else are are stereotypes about people that are burnouts? Mo- uh, Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. Yeah, just bounding. Yeah, lots of Mountain Dew. Playing World of Warcraft. Just yeah, dumping food all over myself. Fallout. I think a lot of Fallout and and Skyrim. Fallout, I think. Skyrim, yeah, Skyrim. I could see uh, Skyrim. Yeah, I don't do most of those things, but I sh- I'm, I'm actually gonna. Also, you have a girlfriend, so yeah, I mean, you automatically are disqualified from this particular trope. I guess. But anyway, yeah. So, but good on you, good for you, and good for all of them. They and they said it was the they finished all they could talk about was doing it next year. It's it's all they could talk about was how much fun it was and how much teamwork was involved because they'd have to pull each other up and and and, and all these things. And so they really expect you to run these things as a group. They expect you to kind of go oh, as a, completely. Go as a group. Oh, there were groups of thirty. There were huge wow. groups. Um, ours was our team was four. It was supposed to be five, but one person overslept. But uh, yeah, um, it's it's very teamwork focused. And same thing you were talking about exactly with the supportiveness. I mean, there were teams helping each other out. It, it, it they actually don't have times in the tough mutter. They don't give you a time at the end. They just they just want you to finish. They just want you to literally. It's just about finishing, which which is kind of cool actually. Yeah, because then you can set your own goals or whatever. But it, yeah, there's no sure. official whatever. So, but yeah, that was uh, that's pretty intense. So look into that. You would probably enjoy doing that. Probably be a while before I I will take on some sort of eleven mile thing. But yeah, we'll take a look at it. Maybe maybe in the future. Maybe I'll start by you know trying to run like five miles. No, next. But again, they did not. No, I mean very few people ran the whole thing. There right. was a lot of walking and jogging. Even if it takes you four hours, it's still really fun, I guess. So, um, Tough Mudder plug, I guess. Tough Mudder representatives, if you'd like to sponsor if us. You want, yes, if you want to sponsor the podcast, you're, you know, this, this Game Life Balance U.S. podcast, the U.S. edition of the Game Life Balance podcast, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a podcast about balancing games in life. Yeah. Your ad here. So we'll have to check in later this summer into whether I'm now actually motivated enough by you and everyone else to get in shape or if I'm just going to continue being lazy, becoming fat and obtuse. Is that rotund? Rot- You're probably going to continue to become lazier and rotund. Rotunder. Rotund. If I were if I were a tile in Civilization 5, I would be a rotundra. <laughs> I'd totally give you a high five right now if I could. Oh, man. And then I'd kick you in the nuts. Yeah. So the, the next segment is the joy of parenting. And if I could insert a baby cry in here, I would. Should I wake my son up but you can't, and make him cry? Because I do all the post-production editing. Sorry about ya. Okay, next time that we do a joy of parenting segment, then I'll make sure that Max is crying in the background. Record him crying, and then I can add it in post from now on. Perfect. Perfect. That's a good idea. Uh, You can record him when you're here this weekend. So, I would say my wife and I probably experienced the first real scare concern regarding the raising of our child. So, up until this point, other than the occasional sickness, he's been super easy to deal with. 
And he's generally down with the sickness. He's generally down with the sickness. Huge fan of Disturbed. Really likes that new Sound of Silence cover that they do. I don't know. It's weird. I don't think it's that great. Huh. He's into it, though. I mean, he likes Simon and Garfunkel. What? There's nothing wrong with that. He's really? A, he's a hippie at heart. All right. So, there was, there was one illness that he had last winter where he was having significant problems breathing. It was the scariest day of our lives by far. He went into the doctor. He had to get an epinephrine shot to open his airways. Came out of that totally fine. Everything was good. That was a scary day. This was like a scary few weeks. So we had never had a a parent-teacher conference at any of our daycares. So Max had Max has been at daycare since he was about eight weeks old. Because my wife works. And I work. So we don't exactly have like a stay-at-home type arrangement that we're able to to take advantage of. So he's always been at daycare. And one of the great things about daycare is they they have kind of a formal a formal syllabus at daycares that they, you know, they make themselves just like a teacher would and that they that they adhere to. And they also have a lot of experience when it comes to raising children because that's kind of what they do for their profession. And so they have a handle on kids in terms of the development cycle. Right. So when you have a kid and you wouldn't maybe, you know, this, but probably not because you you don't have a kid. But one of the things that you do when you're raising a child is you look for milestones. And you've probably heard the term milestones before as it relates to children, but maybe not talking, walking. Sure. But they're more granular than that. Those are those are far more broad than the milestones that they that they use to to really determine where your kid is so the so the milestones that kind of you're looking for are things like fire fire fireaga blizzard blizza blizzaga sure and typically you learn them fire blizzard then thunder and then you would go to fire blizzara and then thundara and then fireaga i suppose but some babies will learn Bolt. So babies don't learn don't learn fire because their village was destroyed in it. Right. Yeah. But they do learn learn poison, which I feel is not the right message kids should be sending to. It's also a pretty useless ability, to be perfectly honest. In that game, it's pretty nobody yeah, ever right? nobody Who ever uses is poison. Vulnerable to that. So, just giving an example of a milestone, something like baby will if you hide your keys underneath a blanket, for instance, the baby will look under the blanket. To find the keys. That's a milestone. Because there is a there is like a switch in your brain that gets flipped when you're learning stuff as a baby that says, Oh, when this thing disappears, it still exists. Because up until that switch is flipped, you as a baby think that if something is not within your sight, it does not exist. Right. Spatial reasoning begins to develop. Sure. So that's like that's like one of the milestones. Well, we are at a little over two. And so the big milestones now kind of all deal with language. Everything's very language. There's a lot of gross motor skills, stuff, fine motor skills and stuff. But generally the ones that, that they that you watch for now are language milestones. And so we went to this parent teacher conference and she sat us down and they have, you know, this, the, the list of categories. And when we got to language, we kind of, we kind of knew that he was maybe a little behind, but we went through, you know, the, the checklist of stuff that they're looking for, that they're looking for the kids to do. And he, you know, there was a ton of stuff that he wasn't doing and that he's 
that he's kind of still not doing, but that he that he wasn't doing at the time. And we had never been told he was behind or slow in anything. And it was it was it was a it was a shock. Not that not that we would think that we wouldn't have a kid that was slow, right, in terms of development. It's not it's not that it's not that it was us thinking, oh, it would never be our kid. Because we're realistic parents, we know that that's like a distinct possibility. It's just when when it's actually told to you as a parent, it kind of it it changes things, I guess. And it kind of put things into perspective. So we had a little bit of a of a joint parental freakout. Now, my wife is a very high strung person. She has a lot of she's she's a relatively high anxiety person. Generally, I'm very good at calming her down and being the reasonable kind of level-headed one in our relationship. Do. Right. However, I found myself having a very difficult time being that level-headed calming force when it related to an issue with Max. It must have just been the parental part of me. Well, yeah. But I was I was nervous. So, you know, we kicked around and and I guarantee there are other parents like us that feel the same way if their kids are having language issues. We kicked around you know, oh, is it is it just language? Is is he possibly like on the autism spectrum? Because that is a one of the developmental delay is a symptom m- major right. It's a major indicator of of kids on the on the autism spectrum. There's a lot of other things too. That's one of the main one of the main main ways to tell is that they're they're having developmental delays. So you know, we we read a lot of stuff. Uh, which was probably not the best idea because the internet will tell you that your kid has everything and is probably cancer. going to die. It's cancer. In the next, I just went to NMD. It's week. cancer. So it probably wasn't the smartest decision to read everything that we could find online. However, we did. And we we legitimately started to get nervous that he could be on the spectrum. My wife more nervous than me. But you know, generally we were both nervous. So one of the cool things that you can do in your community that you can get in your community uh, is you can get a teacher and uh, like a special educator a special ed educator and a like a language specialist to come out and screen your kid and generally this is paid for by your tax dollars so oh yeah so we contacted i think and casey took care of all this i believe it's the school board that you contact so she had contacted the school board and she said hey we want to get you know we want to get our son screened he's behind according to school he's like behind in his language um Another example of a milestone, putting two words together, like eat food. Like Max doesn't do a lot of putting two words together. He generally just says one word at a time. Hmm. He's doing it more now, like as he's developing a little more. But at the time that we were freaking out, he wasn't basically doing it at all. But anyway, you get these two, these two people, like the special educator and the language specialist, and they come in and they watched, they just sat and watched Casey play with Max for about three hours. And then they kind of give you their assessment in terms of whether you need to kind of pursue it further. And, you know, we we got that done, and thankfully, they say everything is kind of in check. He knows more words than most kids his age. He just is not putting them together. So that's a good thing. He's got, like, an extensive vocabulary, but he's just not... His, his grammar is not developing as quickly, which is fine. Probably because he's got so much vocabulary in Something. his head. He can't learn everything at Something. once. So, you know, when this happened, we 
like I like I said, we had we had the parental freak out, and we said, what can we do? Like, what are some things that we can do that's going to make it so that he develops his language better and faster? So I decided I'm going to start reading him chapter books before we go to bed. So I'm I'm reading through right. I'm currently reading through the Harry Potter series with him, and so I read a chapter a night to him, and it's the funnest thing. He just sits there and listens to me. Generally, he sits there and listens to me. He likes to look at the book and look at the words. Obviously, he can't read anything. If he hears words that he recognizes, he'll repeat them over and over again, very excitedly. But it's just kind of a, it's a, it's a totally a fun, like, daddy, daddy son time. And it ends up making him go to bed better, which is really nice. So it's been, it's actually been kind of a a net positive, this whole thing. And that we've found something that we can do now, that we get to do now, that's a fun daddy-son bonding bonding time. But it is incredible how quickly and, like, deeply you can get concerned for your kid. And, you know, I, I'm always worried about him for one reason or another. Whether it's... It could... I mean, it, it can be something as simple as, you know, did did he have a good day at school type thing? Like, I'm always concerned about him because he can't communicate. He's a baby. He can't communicate well yet. So it's not like I can just ask him if something's going on. So I'm, I'm always worried about him about something. But when when something, like, is legitimately has the possibility of going wrong, it it's, it's, it's hard. And so, like, my wife and I were talking about how this must be, like, the hard... Like, this must be, like, the hard stuff about parenting. Like, the really hard stuff is being concerned about this type of thing, trying to like develop a plan as to like, what are we, so we need to prepare in case, in case there is something wrong, in case he is on the spectrum, in case we do need to hire a language tutor for him because they have those for, for babies to develop their language more. You know, we talked a lot about all that stuff. Like, how are we going to handle this? How are we going to pay for that kind of thing? Like it, so there's, there's a lot that goes into that stuff and it was and it was scary. So I I more than anything I just kind of want to want this segment to be cuz I don't know if we have many parents that listen to us. Maybe we do. I hope we do. But I just wanted to say if if you're a parent that had a scare like this or maybe has a kid on the spectrum or had a kid with a, some sort of developmental delay, like I I I feel you. Like I it it is scary and it's hard and it's being a parent is a difficult thing sometimes and it was it was a difficult couple of weeks it was there was a lot of anxiety well, i'm glad you got through it yeah you you didn't show it around me i mean not that i see you but no i mean it was a you know it was a it was a it was a family thing it was a right you know it had more had more come out of it had there been i'm sure i would have broadcast it more widely to the people close in my life it had there been some sort of consequence but part of me too was just saying are like are we just you know really overreacting and because i think that's really easy to do as a first time parent and i'm cognizant of that but it doesn't it doesn't make it any easier not to have a strong reaction like knowing that you have strong reactions as a first time parent at least for me, doesn't stop me from having those reactions. I still react strong. I still have high anxiety sometimes, you know, that kind of thing. So. Right, right. 
yeah, that part's over. Right now we're good. Things are good. You'll get to see Max again soon. He's pretty great right now. Man, scary rebound stories from you today. Nearly didn't do the 5K, nearly had problems with your son, but you triumphed in both cases. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, I did. I am the, I won this week. I win. You are the, what's the, the word the for weakest Hunger Games? Link. I've never seen it. The, no. The, you're the, uh, the, uh, the kid the, that died. The, the Hunger, kid what? The Hunger Games. Tribute. You are the tribute. Wait, but I, that's a bad thing. Is it? Because don't you have to go into the Hunger Games and... I don't know how any of that works. I've never been allowed to watch Hunger Games. I mean, it's got Jennifer Lawrence in it. It's, it's worth watching, probably. This is what I said. I was visiting Will a couple years ago, and he and the girl that I was with at the time vetoed it. I mean, it's got Jennifer Lawrence in it, so it's probably... This is what I, I'm saying. I, anyway. It's probably it worth matter. watching. It's got well, Jennifer um, Lawrence. That's intense stuff. I have nothing to add to your story because I am not a parent and I don't care about anyone. So That's fair. Ah, and in the chat, Will says several expletives. <laughs> but but no, seriously, at MartinCon this weekend we're gonna watch the hockey. Yeah, games. so speaking speaking of Martin Con, and I'm fine with that because like I said, it's got Jennifer Lawrence in it. Yeah, so we're done with life stuff and joy of parenting. Now we're moving on to the Hype. Actually this no, this could be hype. We could this call- is yeah, but I'm not. I don't You're care not that much. I'm going. That, that I'm only going reluctantly, and because Ryan will be there, which I am hype about for other reasons that'll tie into this podcast. But go ahead and talk about what we're all doing this weekend. That I bought a plane ticket to come see you on Friday. You literally just said what we're doing this weekend. No, I said I'm coming on a plane ticket. To see you, but so you, you guys, so you guys all live relatively around the Chicago area. You guys actually get to see each other pretty frequently. I, on the other hand, live all the way up in the frozen tundra of the north, above the wall. And yeah, I was gonna say beyond the right, wall. And so I do not get to see you guys as much. So I think for the past what three years we've had Martin Con. Yeah, I think this is the third year the third year now and it's grown into basically everybody that goes to gen con every year get now is now getting an invite to go to martin con which is everybody's going to come spend a long weekend up at my house and you probably are all going to trash it and it's going to be awesome we're gonna play a lot of board games and video games i would imagine yeah yeah the the 10 of our the 10 or so of our group of friends that have known each other since pretty much first right. grade and reunited gen con every year yeah, and now have a second con that is only four months outside of Gen Con. Yeah, and it's really cool because I have a, I now have a house that will be able to support. If even if we had all ten people that normally come to Gen go to Gen Con come here, I could reasonably support that and have everybody be comfortable in the house. So that's super exciting. So I we got plenty of, we got plenty of room. Which is awesome. I'm I, I'm excited about the three seasons porch because I want to see which season I'm landing on. Is it one of the three acceptable ones or the forbidden season? Well, this is three seasons out of a ten season year. It it's like an alien planet type thing. Yeah, I know uh, the planet. The planet. The planet doesn't just have four seasons like ours. Uh, right. Makes sense now. Okay. No, but uh, I'm excited also. Because this year, our friend, the host of Daryl TV on Twitch TV, official podcast of 
Game Life the official Fantasy Twitch channel. I think it was the official Twitch channel of. Uh, oh, it was the official Twitch channel of our old podcast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, regardless, that's pretty useless. Regardless, it, you're, well, going to, <laughs> you're going to have a, a lot. Uh, you're going to have a, an episode of Daryl TV. I think is the plan. I was going to say we're going to co-opt his channel for for the Game Life US uh, Game Life Balance US podcast. Yeah, actually, yeah. Oh gosh, if you if you're on WGN Plus or GunnaGeek.com or GameLifeBalance.us, you can search Daryl TV D A R R E L TV or just find it on Twitch. But we did a we've done a whole podcast around interviewing the host of Daryl TV and all this stuff. But it's a Twitch stream. A Twitch stream that is and ex- a scream and a scream that is extremely obscure. It has not many subscribers or followers, but it's someone that John and I know, and is one of the funniest people that we've ever met. Just He's a pretty funny up. guy. He's unbelievably hilarious. Everything he says is a is a parody of something. Uh, he's so great. So he's hilarious. The la- I visited him in Iowa last summer, and he and I broadcast, we think, to Twitch TV. We were so drunk that we got halfway through and realized we weren't. He wasn't even sure if we were recording or broadcast. Like, it was it was outrageous. So the, my plan, and I, I didn't think of this till like yesterday, but I was just like, oh my god, John's computer is going to be there. Ryan's going to be there. He's going to be able to log into Twitch TV. He could bring his microphone because he's, dri- he's driving, right? I think he's driving. Yes. yes. Yeah, he's driving, so he has more room to throw crap in his car. So if he brings – and I'm probably going to bring some mics too because I think this weekend we should do some live stuff probably. We absolutely should. So I'm, I'm debating whether to just bring the whole rig. Not like my computer, but – I'm debating whether to bring the soundboard two mic arms and two mics. I mean, you're flying. You probably should try to not kill yourself bringing They're a bunch of big. stuff. They're not big. It'd be one piece of carry. It'd be one roll-on. If you were, in, I could pad all my clothes. If you were going to do anything, you should get... So we've got a, you, you've got a buddy who's driving up, John Simon. You should just give it to him and have him bring it, bring it to maximum. I think it'd be car. harder for him because he would have to take it on a bus... That's true. And then put it in our friend's car, then drive to Minneapolis. I did think of that. That was my first thought. But now my thought Don't you just want to inconvenience as many people as possible, though? Oh, my God, yes. So... This seems like the way to go, then. That's true. Well, none of it's big. Like I said, I can stick it in the bottom of my roll-on and what... Or I may just ask... uh, John actually borrowed one of my mics... Our other friend, so he. I just may ask him to bring that, so we've got to and call it a day. But but either way, yeah. Well, uh, so listener, yeah, Jonathan and I are not in the same place at the same time often. So hopefully we'll record some stuff this weekend, and that'll end up on our podcast or on our YouTube channel or both or all that stuff. And then hopefully this weekend, this will be Memorial Day weekend. At some point, I'll be broadcasting, and I'm just, like all our friends will get involved. I'm sure. For I sure. just make a big deal because the last time I did it with Ryan, he and I were so drunk we were dying, basically. It was amazing. Not dying, dying. Come on, listener. Be, be safe. But, uh, but So there might be some live broadcasts this weekend. So, you know, check out Daryl TV, and, and I'll announce it on Twitter constantly. And you can find all our info at GameLifeBalance.us. And follow us places so we can let you know. But, I, yeah, if we all do something like, are, are you going to try and play through a Final Fantasy game this time? It depends. We'll see. Maybe. How far are you in 13? 
I I completed it. What? I literally finished that game. How crazy is that? Yeah, how crazy is that? I somehow somehow in the course of like three weeks I put forty one hours into it and completed wow. it. All right. I don't know. And I'm playing Final Fantasy fourteen again. I really want to start. You're tempting me. I might bring up well, I'm yeah, gonna bring up Star Fox. Let's let's well, do it. That's a Figure switch a off kind of game and I've never played it. <laughs> Still. Even though I got it the day it was released. That was useful. Yeah, we should probably play uh, anyway, that. Anyway, uh, yes. Yeah, so um, I totally forgot that we're actually doing a podcast right now. But there are a lot of endless possibilities for this weekend. So just stay tuned for great content. And following Memorial Day... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to talk a little bit about the Gunna Geek Network, whom we haven't mentioned, whom we haven't mentioned yet. But you still have other important I things I know, to almost, say. You're I was just going to say. And then after this weekend at MartinCon... We are switching between Memorial Day and Labor Day. So just for the summer, we're switching to bi-weekly. So John and I will be recording every other week. This is because Cody Goff, who is me, is a little burned out from editing and posting podcasts and needs some time off this summer and is also going to be doing a lot of traveling and things. So it'll just ease up the schedules a bit. And if there's any time to take some time off, especially in the Midwest, it's in the summertime when you can actually go out and do yeah. stuff. So anyway, we're going to switch to bi-weekly. Now, the good news about that is we have a sister show, Game Life Balance Australia. They are hilarious. Seriously, go listen to them. Game Life Balance Australia also posts every other week. So I'm going to, I'm going to you might want to say, sync our cycles, I think is the way I want to say it. I want to make sure our cycles... That sounds sexual. That sounds vaguely sexual. Is that like, is that like, broad, is that like broadcasting? So our cycles are synchronized. The two of our shows, and by synchronized, I mean you get a week of them, and then a week of us, and then a week of them, and then a week of us. So you can still listen to Game Life Balance, the podcast, every week. It's just that it'll alternate accents every week. But that could be some fun variety. I don't know. There's a lot of content out there. Maybe you'll enjoy having less to worry about consuming. Maybe not. I don't really know. But either way... I'm their a, accent is way better than ours anyway. Their accent is so much better than ours. Uh, so, much, so much, so much better. better. I, and you know, John, I last. I mean, they basically sound Cockney. <laughs> no, they. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not, not going to go. I'm going to get Cockney. Go, 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 Cockney. How I'm going to get? I'm going up to North on the weekend. <laughs> what? That was definitely that wasn't even Cockney. I don't know what that was. I went Southern Cockney. You did. You went Southern Cockney. Oh, Australia is weird. I literally had a dream last night, John, that we visited Robin AC in Australia. And we were staying with them. And we got there and, and we were staying with AC. I'm not sure why. And AC just toured us around his house. And then I think Rob disappeared or he was being shady about letting us come over. I don't remember what it was, what was going on, but I legitimately last night had a dream that we visited them in Australia. The reason why Rob was being shady is because Rob is me and Rob doesn't exist. We are the same person. (laughs) That's right. Also, also, I'm not sure if you, if you heard, but AC formally announced on the podcast that he and his wife were expecting a child. So, and there was, I never had a chance to formally say congratulations on that, but congratulations on that. You've basically put the pressure on Cody. So good for you, AC. He but said also that. kids are, but also kids are awesome. He totally said that to me in an email like two months ago, two or three yeah. months ago. He said, well, you know, now, blah, blah, blah. Oh, uh, bye. 
There but you this go. is like this is like the official congratulations. It's awesome. Yeah, I congratulated him in an email. So and I did it, and I did it publicly, which is a hundred times better. So I'm better than you. Uh, you know, it was private, which gives it intimacy. Better Everyone than likes you. intimacy. Anyway, cool. Better. Well, uh, that's that's all I had to say. So th- uh, thanks for putting, you know, letting us uh, let you know about the schedule changes and all that. And now Jonathan has an important announcement before we do some wrap up banter, which will be undoubtedly hilarious, and for which you should stay around because. The promo none, is of not the way is, we, none of that is true. I don't even pro, know if I have something to tell you. The promo is not the end of the podcast. It is the segue to the end. The decoupage, if you will. And I hope that you do. John? We ha- are fortunate to be members of a podcast collective called the Good and Geek Network. You can find us at goodandgeek.com along with a lot of other awesome podcasts. They have podcasts of... We have podcasts on the network of all sorts of different subjects, ranging from various comic books, TV shows, movies, general nerdiness, I think. We have one or two podcasts that do that, uh, up to the minute news about stuff in nerd culture and the nerd world. So it's a pretty cool place. Again, they host us. We are very fortunate to be part of them. Uh, Just a couple of podcasts that they have... uh, that we have on the network right now that have some new episodes up just to give you a taste kind of of what what there is out there on the Gunna Geek Network. One of our podcasts called Nerd Alert News put up episode 36, Cancel, Add, or Renew. There's some huge casting news out of Marvel Studios uh, as new cast additions were announced for Thor Ragnarok and Spider-Man Homecoming. Not to be left out, the CW has hinted that Arrow, The Flash, The Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl will be crossing over next season. And finally, Chris runs down many of the shows that were added, canceled, or renewed with the fi- uh, the big five networks. Uh, and then on the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, SP returns after his two-week mandatory vacation to discuss a certain dwarf planet, Snow White, Steven goes hyper for Hyperloop, and Chris bents his pants on the next James Bond. In SP's Space Symposium, he tells you about the Herschel Telescope. I'm assuming that it's supposed to be bends his pants? Maybe it is supposed to be bends his pants. But why would he bend his pants? I don't know. Bence, this seems bence? like an autocorrect fail to me. There's no bence, way he was going to say bends. Bends his, bends his pants. Uh, yeah, what, what would that be? Bents, bends. Beats his pants? Beats his pants. He beats his pants. That common American colloquialism. Did you beat your pants today? I've seen I've seen Chris beat his pants before. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's natural. I will say thank you for listening to the Game Life Balance US podcast, the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe if you enjoyed this episode, and leave us a review if you really want to make our day. You can find us on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageek.com or on the official podcast network of Chicago's WGN Radio at wgnplus.com. Learn more about Game Life Balance, including contact information and links to our sister show in Australia at gamelifebalance.us. Why does it say at gamelifebalance.us? Because that you could find... Is, that's For the what listener it says. that doesn't know what a URL is, explain that. Explain what gamelifebalance.us yeah, is? explain what a URL is. It's a thing you type into your... Type into the the bar at the top of your search, your web browser to go to a place. You know what I'm hype about? Web browsers? Thursday, I'm going to see the Chicago Symphony Orchestra perform The Planets by Gustav Holst. Oh, Gustav Holst. Be still my beating heart. You know The Planets. Who? 
I you know it's planets. awesome. It is awesome. It's good. I'm. I have not. You know, I've lived in Chicago seven or eight years, and I rarely. I've seen. I saw an open rehearsal of the CSO. I think they did Brahms Requiem. Actually, I can't remember if it was that or something else. But that's the spell that does damage to the undead, right? The, um, Requiem. Yeah, is it? Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. But yeah, you, no, you get so you get a bard. You get the the bard unlocks from the fire crystal, I believe, after the ship explodes in Karnak, and one of the songs that you can learn when you're in the second world uh, after the big bridge with uh, X-Death and Gilgamesh is uh, a, t- a town of, I believe it's werewolves. I think it's, I think it's a town of werewolves where you can find a minstrel in the bar who teaches you re- Requiem, which does an incredible amount of damage to the undead. And so when you're, when you're climbing the mountain where you have to rescue uh, the the wind drake, you actually you're actually going up there for, I believe it's dragon grass, which is poisonous to humans, but to wind drakes it cures them. Everybody, know, everybody, everybody, everybody. When everybody I was in that. Colorado, um, I had some dragon grass. You know what I'm saying? And, s- you know and so I mean? when you're climbing the mountain, there are these large groups of undead that re- requiem as a bard song. Uh, tends to do an incredible amount of damage, generally making it much easier to get up the mountain. Universal resource locator. It locates a resource. And hopefully that resource is dragon grass. You know what I'm saying? You want some dragon grass? I'm going to get some dragon grass before I see Bram's Requiem on Thursday. I'm seeing the planet. (laughs) You got me, threw me off. The Gustav holds the planet's on Thursday night before the Schick Symphono, which again I've seen, I think once on a Groupon, and it was it was a chamber something version, and once was this open rehearsal. I really don't I don't do this right. CSOs, you can you can get cheap seats, but the tickets I'm going to end up wanting are going to be more expensive. So in general, yeah, it's an expensive affair, and you know if you don't know all the. Yeah, it's like a basketball game. You want to sit up front because you have to see all right, the action. This is what I'm saying. So, but no, this this was happening, and I mentioned it to my girlfriend, and she says, "What's the planet?" She doesn't know this piece, so we're gonna go to a pre-concert talk on it from seven to seven thirty, and then at eight o'clock they're doing it, and I'm super excited, and it's gonna be really good. And a couple of Drake Pharmacy graduates are gonna be in Chicago. At the, to, just visiting from Iowa, and they're going to go with. So I'm going to grab dinner with them. And then you get to spend four hours trying to fly. Trying to fly a what? A kite? <laughs> Listen, you know how I fly, John? I don't. You know what makes me fly? You know what gets me flying and just with no problem? You know what gets me flying? I, I, I don't. I have no idea. Dragon grass. <laughs> 